Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Fix Yourself Handbook's weekly podcast. I'm Foster Ruggiero, the author of the Fix Yourself Handbook. Prepare yourself for the most exciting journey of your life. The process way of life creates one of the most exciting and wonderful life journeys, and yours is about to begin. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. This is the Fix Yourself Handbooks podcast. I'm Foster Ruggiero, the author of the Fix Yourself Handbook. Today, I want to take a look at what's going on in our nation and what we can do to help make this a better place to live. So the elections are over. We'll have a change in government. And this is all occurring while the virus is roaring back and we still have political and racial strife leading to violence, protests, and looting, and everything else going on in the nation. So in addition to everything else going on in the country, we have a three-headed monster that we have to deal with. And if we don't rise to the challenge, we're going to have some serious problems. What we're doing in today's podcast is no different than those of you who read the book will understand. We're going to look at the situation. We're going to put all the information out there. Then we're going to talk about some ways to help make it work. Remember, we can fix any problem we have if we take the time to define what's going on. That is to present all the information, and those are facts that we're looking at. Then we want to put them in a coherent perspective, and then at the very end, just like we always do, we want to outline some steps that we can take in order to make that situation better. So let's start with the coronavirus. For most of us, this started way back in March, but really it was near the end of the year where we're starting to see some things. So we're almost a year into this. By the time the beginning of the summer was on us, we were seeing drastic drops uh, in infection and in deaths. Right about that time, we decided that it was okay to go out and start living life in normal fashion again. States started to open things up, and before you knew it, everybody was out there with no masks and as close to each other as they used to be. There were lots of us saying, slow down, this thing's not over yet, but we really wanted to get back to the old way of life, so many of us decided to go out and live life like we always have. And as you can see, we are now paying the price for that. For me, this is a true reverse fix-yourself way of doing things. We decided to put that old cart before the horse again, forget the facts, do what we wanted to do, and then complain about what we can't do uh, when things got real bad again. Somewhere along the line, we have to begin to work with those facts, buckle down, make decisions that are going to help us, and at some time, be willing to say, well, I'm just not going to get what I want right now. The real interesting part of this is even with the uh, virus making such a return and deaths at a fever pitch, we're still out there doing what we want to do. Go out, take a look, see how many people are in close quarters, and they are not wearing masks. I'm recording this podcast on November 8th, and what you're going to see by the time December is here is that we're going to get locked down again because we will go through Thanksgiving and everyone's going to say, well, I don't care what's going on. We're going to have our last hurrah and we're going to sit down as a family and eat. And then after that, let's hope you're all alive in December. So what I'm really doing today is telling you to take a look at where things are, work with the facts, make a decision that makes sense for you, 
and doesn't put you in a position to either lose your life or cause someone else to do so. So when we look at the virus, it's making its second return to a nation that is, let's say, wounded from its last go-around and everything that's happened in the meantime. We are going to experience this virus at a time when we've gone through about six months' worth of protests and division in the nation, while at the same time we're bringing in a new president. And we are dealing with the aftermath of a horrible election process, which followed about five months of bantering back and forth and an emotional civil war as we moved our positions into personal battles with people who used to be our friends and family members. Know going forward that if you decide to violate the rules this virus is setting down, you will pay the consequences, and they will be steep this time, far steeper than the last time. So now let's turn our attention to what's been happening with the racial concerns in the nation. It started with George Floyd's death back at the end of May, and has progressed throughout the nation systematically since that time. When you put this into a coherent picture, what you see is that this is an outgrowth of a nation that never truly has recognized the need to be unified through color and every other difference we have. You know, race is just one of those things that we see being discriminated against in not only in the United States, but everywhere throughout the world. Uh, We see it with age, we see it with gender, we see it with sexuality, religion, you name it. If it's different, we go at it. We have seemed to come to a point that the other guy just can't have his opinion. We need to go at that person and make sure they do it our way, and that's just not the way things should be. Nations become great because they respect the opinion of others, they listen to them, and then they incorporate all the various factors everyone's bringing to the picture, which make that coherent whole that gets operational, actionable, and eventually very productive for the nation. One of the things that tends to signify the the eventual demise of a nation is when those people who live there stop listening to each other, stop respecting each other. And when we stop respecting the opinions of other people, remember, we learn because we hear difference of opinion, different points of view. That's what causes us to rethink what we do. Without that, we stagnate. We become fearful of change. And when we become fearful, we create a breeding ground for hate and fear and all those things that lead to discrimination. So now at a time in the nation where we really need to pull together, one, to beat this virus, and two, to unify ourselves, we're distancing ourselves from each other, not just socially as the virus is commanded, but emotionally we've decided that other people, especially those who don't believe what we believe, should be treated harshly. Needless to say, this is not going to work. So let's pause and kind of do a halfway summary here. We are talking about a virus which has crippled a nation and is now making its second run. We did not deal with it properly the first time through, so we're going to have to make some changes in regard to what we do right now. Then we have a nation besieged by discrimination and hatred. The protests and the violence are ongoing, and it doesn't look like there's any way it's going to stop. Now we come to the presidential process, which has really drug this nation down for the past half a year. We let the campaign process get personal. We put family and friends at a distance. And we did this at a time when not only do we need to pull together because of the social unrest, we have a virus that can wipe us out or at least get very close to doing so. 
You really have to wonder when we're going to get the message. So now we have a change in national leadership. The question is, are we going to be able to heal through the processes? Are we going to be able to attack this virus in an intelligent fashion? Do what we have to do, stay home if necessary? Are we going to be able to look at people who are different than we are and embrace those differences? And in fact, understand by embracing the differences and learning how to incorporate some of those differences in our own lives, we will become better people. So let's move into that third part of the monster. That's the election. This president will have before him one of the most difficult tasks in the history of the nation. No president has ever assumed office in the throes of a pandemic. No president has ever assumed office with racial strife having risen to the point that it is today. Now put both of those together, that's what this president's going to come in and have to deal with. The question is, is he going to deal with it alone or are we going to make that job just a little bit easier? And that's the theme of what I want to talk about today. By now you know how I work and you know that I'm going to set the problem down and then I'm going to put the information in front of you. Now let's talk about what we have to do to make this work. Way back in the 60s when John F. Kennedy was elected president, he made a statement at his inaugural address, something up to the effect of, ask not what your nation can do for you, ask what you can do for your nation. And that's exactly where we are right now. This is not a political statement I'm making. This is a practical statement. If we don't decide that we're going to take the proverbial bull by the horns here and become the people who are going to save this nation, then it's just not going to happen. We're not going to do it by hating each other. We're not going to do it by dis, uh, disrespecting each other's point of view. We won't do it by being arrogant, and we will not do it through fear. If we are going to heal and unify, then we are going to come together as one people, and we're going to make that happen. No president will ever be strong enough to heal this nation. This nation was not built by presidents. It was built by the people. It was built by hardworking people who look to make a dream come true. That we've done it once tells us that we can do it again. But we need, we need to move away from the notion that someone else has to do it for us or we're not going to do it until the other person does. Somewhere along the line, we make a commitment to treat others with respect and to do what we have to do. That is to make intelligent decisions that move us forward so that we're not constantly trying to fix what we ourselves broke. So we're coming to the point in this podcast where I always bring you in. That's where we get actionable. You know how I work. And at this point, we are going to talk about exactly what we have to do in order to move forward socially, medically, and politically. Let's take the virus first. Number one, masks on all the time when you're outside. Number two, social distance is a must. Do that. Number three, holidays are coming. Don't use them as an excuse to get one last hurrah in there. Keep your distance. It's a lot better to miss one holiday than the rest of your life. Four, be humble, people, not arrogant. Arrogance does not work in the face of a pandemic. Listen to what you're being told. Do what you have to do, and let's get through this. Lastly, make decisions with big picture thinking. Quick fixes and arrogant thoughts like, I want to do what I want to do, and I have the right to do that, don't work with a pandemic. That's common sense. Stop throwing those little fits, buckle down, do what you have to do, and again, let's get through this. Now, as far as all this discrimination goes, and again, it's not just race. We discriminate routinely and for no particular reason. 
Number one, remember, all discrimination is fear-based. You really need to go inside and look at what you fear and see how rational that is. Most of it is not. Number two, we're going to have to bury the past. Things have happened. The past is the past. We're not going to change it. We need to move forward, and we need to do so with respect. Three, get rid of the stereotypes. Stereotypes tend to generalize across an entire population. Take every person one person at a time. Get to know that person, love them for who they are, and do that with everyone in your life. You'll see how things change when you do that. We talk about number four, we talk about language, and that's how we talk to and about other people, but it's also how we talk in our own minds. If you're thinking about other people and what's going on in the world, try to uh, use that internal language in positive fashion. Talk nicely about them. What you do inside your brain translates to how you behave. Lastly, try to practice some of the old social graces. Look at people, smile, say hello, open doors, be courteous. They're just the simple things that we got away from because we decided that there was some reason to do so, and you know what? There isn't. Oh, and one more thing when it comes to this whole social process, and all of them for that matter, slow down and give your brain enough time to think about things. When we go fast, our emotions take over, fear takes over, and we make very quick decisions. Everything going on in our world today demands that we slow down, look at the facts, and make decisions that are productive and move us in the right direction. Think about that. Slow down and get the facts so you can make good decisions. Number three is that political process, and again, we have a new president, and things will change, and of course, we don't like change. Well, it's here. So the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is just, again, slow down and try to put this in perspective. Remember, no president is going to save you. You're going to save yourself. Number one, think about what you're going to do to make your life and your world that much better. Number two, go back to all those people who you decided to make your enemy because their, their opinion was a little different than yours. Rekindle the friendships. If you need to apologize, do so. We're only moving forward if we do it together. Remember that. Next, we are one people. We may have political parties, but we need to stop using them as a way to hurt each other. Differences among people should only exist for the purpose of education and a different point of view. Understand that a difference of opinion is not the enemy. It's the teacher that brings on new perspectives and new way of doing things, and you can incorporate what other people are saying into your own framework that's how learning occurs, that's how people get stronger, and that's how nations progress. And then there's how we teach our children through all of this, and we did a horrible job through the election. In fact, we've done a horrible job with the racial situations, and we've done a horrible job with the virus. This week I had a child come into the office with her parents, and they talked about a situation in school, and without going into what sides are involved, she was in school, and they were talking about the presidential election, and she voiced her opinion about who she wanted to vote for. Unfortunately, the rest of the class didn't go that way, and they bullied this child until she changed her vote, or changed her opinion, I should say. They said she was stupid, ignorant, and dumb. They said they didn't want her to be around them unless she was doing things the same way they were. Now, where does a seven-year-old child come up with that? Well, obviously at home. You see, folks, while we're making all these decisions and acting the way we are, those young minds are watching and they're learning. 
one of the most beneficial ways to make good decisions is to think about the young minds who are learning from everything we do. Make good decisions that teach them to be good people. Make good decisions that show them how to look for information, process the facts, and then make decisions based upon those facts. Let them know that other people are good. Let them know that differences can be a good thing. And let them know that not through fear and discrimination, but through love and embracing other people, that's how we're going to survive and that's how we're going to thrive in this nation. You know, folks, you've heard me say this many, many times. You can take situations in your life that are difficult and use them as an excuse to behave poorly and to make poor decisions, or you can take those and challenge yourself and become better through them. That's a decision we all have here. Whether it's the pandemic or discrimination or violence and fear or it's the presidential situation, it doesn't matter. Those are simply situations that are occurring in our lives. What, what really matters is the way we're going to handle ourselves in those situations. We will either rise to the occasion or we will fall because we chose to follow the lesser path. Do rise to the occasion, everyone. Take the high road here. Let's do what we have to do, and let's do it together. Until next time, here's to the power inside you. It's been a pleasure and a privilege to spend time with all of you. Have a wonderful week. God bless. Only you are the master of your own destiny. Be that master. Only you can change the world inside you. Be that change. Only you have the power to become the person you want to be. Be that person. You are limitless. Believe in yourself.